Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. So we're back and we're doing a podcast on uh, on ads. If you're unfamiliar and didn't hear the intro because you tuned out, we're going to be listening to some commercials and telling you the story behind them or something interesting about them. So um, what are we looking at today? We are looking at our favorite, and I'm just saying that because I want to spice up the intro, uh, burger joint burger king but specifically this weird fixation they have with a specific fictional character who are you talking about i'm talking about shaft uh yeah so we're gonna be looking at burger king commercials related to shaft which is a very specific possibly the most niche topic (laughs) Yeah, that's why when I was looking for this, I was like, this is a little odd. (laughs) Very niche, very odd, but it it happened. A very interesting relationship that Burger King had with Shaft. So, all right. So to kick off, we're going to start with the most um, pure distilled Burger King Shaft collaboration. If you'd like to watch it, it is called Burger King. BKTV commercial Shaft 1993 on my way. Well, I'm talking about 299 combo. I said my way. Your way right away. <laughs> You're a shrewd catch Thanks, brother. So that is the Shaft commercial. Um, yeah, if, you, like, if you don't like Shaft, I recommend you tune up. But everyone likes Shaft, so it doesn't really matter. Right. So this particular commercial is a feature of BKTV. We've talked about BKTV before, haven't we? I I don't remember if we did, but yeah, we had that. Well, what is BKTV? Uh, BKTV was like some sort of Gen X trying to get into their... Uh, their cool skateboarder nest or something. Yeah, their, their MTV and all the crazy stuff like that. So I was like, how do we make Burger King appeal to kids, I guess? And I was like, BKTV! Oh, yeah, it's like MTV, BKTV. I don't think I ever made that connection. Is that what that is? MTV, BKTV? Yeah, it, oh, wow. I think they, they got Dan Cortese as the main guy. I think he used to be in uh, MTV. So he was like, oh, this is super cool. That's, okay, I actually had no idea that there was a relationship. I think we have discussed this before. Yeah, I think we did. But I don't remember when. But uh, yeah, so Dan Cortez was just going to uh, different BKs like, hey, you like these fries? And the camera was shaking 
up and down and back and forth because it's all cool on MTV. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's nice. So this is so this is a BKTV joint. As a kid, I always hated it. Yeah, I think it was also because of the I love this place thing. I don't know why. I guess to appeal to the uh, Gen X nostalgia, they went back to Shaft. Oh, possibly. But wait, didn't didn't wasn't Gen X like born in the seventies? Why would they? No, they were born in like the sixties, like the mid sixties to the. Okay, a portion of Gen X, but I think a great deal of them are seventies. I guess when they were seven, they watched Shaft with their older brothers. Yeah, maybe you watched Shaft because, like, I feel like our dad liked Shaft, and I think it was because he was like a teenager when Shaft came out. So, yeah. Anyway, maybe because Shaft was cool, because it, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like how we like certain show movies or whatever that came out when we were kind of born. Early 90s, what Shaft related thing was there to bring Shaft back? Shaft, were there Shaft TV movies or something? Like, in the 90s? I don't know. It might have been like a, let's bring back the 70s stuff. Because I feel like that was something that happened in the 90s. Like, 70s nostalgia. I guess you could have brought back, like, anything else. Maybe it was Gen X nostalgia. Anyway. I think the 70s was kind of, there was like a 70s kick in the 90s. Anyway, point is, we're talking about the commercial. Okay. Um, so, right, so there's a BKT. We're talking about Shaft. And then the commercial. <laughs> This is a BKTV commercial, and it's literally just Shaft, like um, clips from the Shaft films, I guess, intercut with pictures of like the burger, of Burger King products. So like, and it's funny, when you look at some of the Burger King products, the packaging looks very mm. much like 1993 Burger King packaging. It just, yeah. it looks old. It's weird. Yeah. I guess I can say this from my review portion, but it looks so lazy. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but it was probably really easy. It may not have been cheap, but it was probably very easy to produce. So in this, the whole yeah. point is like Shaq's walking. They show him a burger and they say, hey, Shaq. It's pretty much just a joke between like the announcer voice and Shaq clips responding. So yeah, it Shaft just shows Shaq, Shaft, Jesus. Have I been saying Shaq this whole time? Oh, man. I- don't know. <laughs> Spoiler to everyone else: the Shaq is involved in one of the later commercials, so this is why I think I keep yeah. saying Shaq right now. Right. And I guess yeah. Anyway, I'll get into that in a second. All right. So yeah, it shows like various burgers for two ninety nine. Actually, I think the meal is two ninety nine. So it's like a whole medium fry and a big. Yeah, it's super thing. cheap. Eat it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably, if you account for inflation, it probably costs the same, but like, yeah. it still looks good. Anyway, it shows, I didn't know one of the burgers that they had was like a fish burger. It's like the big fish burger or something like that. I didn't know they had a fish burger. Like nobody does fish burgers. Yeah. Like, didn't they have like the whaler and stuff like that? Oh, the whaler. That's, that wasn't around when we were alive though, right? I don't think so. Anyway, one of the other things. I just know my fast food history for some reason. One of the things that they did in this commercial as well is that it's not just cutting clips. I think like they put a two ninety nine like product in his hand and made him say not this or something like that. So like so that Shaq has Shaq. Oh man, <laughs> Shaft has entered the world of Burger King. So that's all it is. It's kind of also done. Shaft has entered the nineteen ninety three world of Burger King, looking as good as he did in nineteen seventy one. In in Shaft. In this Shaft commercial, I think the logo and the type, sorry, not logo, but the, the font is meant to evoke like the 70s exploitation 
fonts like you know shaft anyway if you see the commercial you'll kind of understand what i say i'm i'm saying god i can't speak today this is the worst podcast (laughs) anyway the commercial is pretty much that and it ends with the slogan of burger king at the time which was burger king your way right away so that's why when shaft goes my way the announcer responds in kind yeah so what what's the one your way right away at burger king now yeah okay i remember this this slogan now what's the other one have it your way have it your way that's the other one i remember so that's the commercial i know the Bashy boys have it your way i want it burger king way or something or was it just like i want it that way I think it was just that one. Oh, okay. All right. So Well, we have that in another Burger King thing we have or something, so listen to that. That's true, and that's probably where we covered BKTV. And we also talk about the Burger King and his enemy, the uh, the Duke of Doubt, uh, Kurger Bing. And... I like the Kurger Bing. I love the word Kurger Bing, the phrase. All right, so, okay, we, we understand what this is, but who is Shaft? And more than what the comer- more than the song tells us, who is Shaft? What is what is what is the deal with Shaft? What is the deal with Shaft? The history of Shaft, John Shaft, is he was created by writer Ernest Tidyman. Tidyman. And or Tidyman, I I I hope I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> I, it looks like ty, it looks like tidy man, so it might be tidy man. I know tidy it looks man. like that, but he's like of Hungarian descent, so they probably pronounce it something. Oh, different. it could also be that he like anglicized it or something. I think it's Tidiman or something like that. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> but while Shaft is best known as a black exploitation character, Ernest mm. Tidiman is a white man of Hungarian descent, as we said. Bum, bum, bum. He was a former journalist, but then he wanted to become a fiction writer. So he got a way to publish his novel. He wrote it, and before it was even published, he shopped it to Hollywood. So that in his original draft, he wanted to make Shaft a white man because the studio wanted to use another guy from another movie. I think it was called, like, I forgot what his name, Bumble McLeod or something. The character <laughs> that was called um, Frank Shaft, but oh. he was a white guy. Oh. So they wanted to use that character to put in this, or the actor to put in this movie. I was like, okay. what? But then uh, Melvin Van Peebles. Ma- Melvin Van Peebles. I like that name. Uh, his kind of legendary black exploitation movie, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, where a black man has to run away from various people and the cops and stuff in he said it influenced the decision to make the character black so they eventually got african-american director gordon parks to direct the film and he involved a largely black crew with the best known ones being the writer of the music isaac hayes and the now known but little known actor back then richard roundtree a shaft i think hayes wanted to try out for the role too himself oh was hayes an actor uh, then well i think he became later okay so mgm had shaft advertised by a black advertising company to african americans to so they could want to watch the movie but it appealed to pretty much everyone across the board because he was just super cool guy and I guess the song helped you familiarize it with the guy. 
I mean, that's a really good, it's a really good way to introduce the character. Yeah, like, here's this song, and then the movie comes out. That is kind of a way, it's like, introducing this guy. It's a very informative song. Which we will talk about later. It operates as an informant. It's an informational song. Not an aspirate. It's an informational and aspirational song. <laughs> I guess so, because he's like a popular culture icon. I guess kids like them and they're like, I want to be cool like Shaft. Shaft in 1971 had him fighting against the mafia in gritty New York. Like yeah. all the all the rival black factions had to unite against the white mafia who kidnapped one of the black mafia's daughters. So Shaft was a really big hit and a sequel came out in 1972 and i think before the first one even came out they were writing this one it was called shaft's big score cool gordon parks returned as the director and ernest tinneman wrote screenplay again but his first draft was rejected and he eventually turned that first draft into his second novel shaft among the jews what? I'm not exactly sure what the plot of that one is, but maybe he's going to like some Jewish borough or something. Okay. All right. Okay. Wait, what the hell's Big Score about? But uh, it was in 1972. Shaft's Big Score. Rival gangs fight for turf after a money laundering scheme goes bad and Shaft is caught in the middle of it. Isaac Hayes contributed music, but they could not meet his financial demands to score the whole thing. So it's just like, yeah. Okay. So did Shaft, sorry, did Isaac Hayes do the main song for the first one? And then for the second one, he was going to do everything. No, he did everything for the first one. He did the main song and everything else. Okay. And he got more expensive. <laughs> well, then he was like, okay, I, I need more money. And they're like, we can't do that. Sorry. Like, sorry, man. So Shaft's big score was less successful because they wanted to make it bigger, it was followed by Shaft in Africa, where he's kidnapped from New York. He's, like, shipped to Africa and, and then has to fight a slave trade. Okay, so he, he dealt with the slave trade. Okay. What, what, an ins- what an interesting character. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah, so they were planning to take the character out of New York and make it, like, a worldwide swashbuckling uh, hero, like James Bond or some other cool private detective that could just yeah, do yeah. whatever he wants. Like Columbo. Cool. Yeah. Not like Colombo. 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 God. Colombo stays in. Where is Colombo from? Is he in New York? He's in New York, right? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Uh, Colombo never goes to Africa. Speaking of Colombo, Shaft in Africa was not as successful. And then CBS later continued the series with seven Shaft television films. Was toned down for the violence and all that. Mm. It was sort of Columbo-ish, like he's a private detective and he works with the police and he's a detective gumshoe who investigates things. And okay. Richard Rauchy was like, it didn't feel like Shaft, but he did all the television films. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, it took away Shaft's teeth or something like that, right? Yeah. Tiddeman, meanwhile, got Shaft into the novels. He wrote several Shaft novels and later ones with ghostwriters were Shaft, Shaft Among the Jews, which was uh, Shaft's Big Score's first uh, iteration. Shaft's Big Score, Shaft Has a Ball, Goodbye Mr. Shaft, 
Shaft's Carnival of Killers and The Last Shaft. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I feel like That's the last one is a bit of a bad... Okay, all of them are kind of dumb titles, but it's like The Last Shaft doesn't feel like it's saying anything. 1970 to 1945. It was very prolific in the first half of the 70s when it came to writing novels. And he also worked on the syndicated comic strip. Comic strip? Like the Sunday funny papers. Like next to like Blondie. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Superman, Blondie, and Shaft. (laughs) He's also well known, besides Shaft, for writing the screenplay to the hit film The French Connection. Where Popeye Doyle, Gene Hackman, has to stop evil French drug dealers. Not the French. And it's like one of the... Uh, considered one of the greatest movies of all time and all that. It's well regarded. I feel like I have to watch it, but there's certain movies cool. from the past that feel too outside of my current cultural milieu. It's like, it, does it feel weird? You know what I mean? I feel like I've heard of French Connection. I've never seen it. And I feel like I've heard of the Italian job and I've never seen it. And I always connect the two in my mind. Just because it's three letters and it's like two European countries. The French, the Italian blank wait do they both have yeah. like gene hackman <laughs> i don't remember the italian job i don't know what the italian job has in it i think i watched the italian job after i watched the remake oh with, was it mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, and Seth Green? are you kidding me well tittiman was one of the few white men to win the naacp image award the national association for the advancement of colored people their image award because he created this freaking like oh, that's black exploitation popular culture icon. The okay. Shaft series went on to two later sequels in 2000, with the role being given to Samuel Jackson. And in 2019, also called Shaft, both the 2000 2019 sequels were called Shaft. Wow, that sounds really confusing. So there are three Shaft movies in existence? Yeah, it's Shaft. Shaft's big score, Shaft in Africa, Shaft and Shaft. Wow. They really just want, we just need to get people to know the main character. I guess it's enough of a break. <laughs> Richard Ranchi featured in both of them. He is the uncle to Samuel Jackson Shaft in 2000, but it is later revealed in 2019 he hid his identity and he's actually the father of John Shaft from 2000. John Shaft Jr., and they team up with their nerdy FBI grandson son. So, is Roundtree like a prominent character in it? He's not just some cameo? No, he's like a prominent character oh, that's in, cool. in the third that's, one. That's cool. So, the three generations of Shaft have to save Shaft the third's girlfriend. That one didn't, I think it did the worst of all of them. Oh. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't remember anything about it. And then it's almost like one of those dreams where you don't know if it actually did exist. The only thing I remember of the 2000 Shaft, the advertiser was, uh, I think Buster Rhymes was the evil guy and he screamed like, Shaft! <laughs> because of that type of kinetic craziness. What's my name? Shaft! I'm looking at Shaft 2019. It's like John Shaft Jr. may be an FBI security, cybersecurity expert. Feels like they had to like update Shaft, so they made him a cybersecurity expert. 
But to uncover the truth behind his best friend's untimely death, he needs an education that only his dad can't provide. That's funny. That's very funny. Absent throughout his childhood, the legendary John Shaft agrees to help his son. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound nice. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd they do that? All right. So, John Shaft Jr. So, yeah. It's just kind of kept degrading as far as popularity, and they probably will bring it back some other time, probably with Samuel Jackson again. I don't know. Because he's still popular. Shaft was deemed as culturally significant by the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress, and he's still like a popular culture icon. I remember in the 90s, particularly with the French Prince of Bel Air, he kept bringing up how much he loved Shaft. Okay, but you know a movie I really like. What? Chef. Shut your mouth. And yeah, since that was also crossover appeal to like white suburbanites and stuff, that uh, I think it helped introduce it to more people. It's probably why the two thousand movie was allowed to get out. This is what I was going to say. Like, remember we were talking about like why was there seventies installed? It's like a lot of the writers and stuff were probably like watched seventies shows. So they like incorporated that, like you know, The Simpsons. A lot of seventies references, yeah. older references too, obviously, but like a lot of seventies references. And I just remember, I feel like I know a lot of seventies stuff because of The Simpsons. Obviously, like <laughs> our dad too, but like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they reference Shaft in uh, in The Simpsons somewhere. Who's the black pride of dip that's a sex machine to all the chicks? Shaft. So. Yeah, that must have been part of the influence, like people just recalling stuff from back when they were growing up or whatever. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Shaft's pretty cool. The commercial itself actually does, like the Burger King commercial, does make him look kind of cool. Well, okay, he's like yeah. hawking burgers, I guess. Well, listen to the song. But Isn't looks, he a cool guy? Yes, <laughs> but I mean, like he's in a Burger King commercial, like. But the clips still make him seem kind of like this guy. This guy knows what he's doing. He's a cool guy. He does it his way. All right. That's enough of Shaft and Burger King. Now we're going to go into... More Shaft and Burger King. Shaq and Burger King, which is kind of like... This is very confusing. Anyway, okay. So... That's why I confused you earlier in the podcast. (laughs) It's more just like... I think that's what it is. It's because... Okay, just for the purposes of this commercial, it's about like Shaq who's being shaft in this Burger King commercial. So it's just, uh, anyway, if you want to watch this commercial with your very own eyes, it's Shaquille O'Neal, Burger King shaft on YouTube. So here we go. Who is a man that can jam over any man? Can you dig it? Who's the captain wants sourdough, bacon, and all that? Shaq! I'm talking about Shaq Pack. The new Shaq Pack. Grilled sourdough bacon cheeseburger, crispy fries with free warm cheddar cheese dipping sauce, and a Coca-Cola classic. You gotta have a Shaq Pack, baby. Shaq! Yep. There it was. Shaq. Do you know what's insane about that commercial? Like, it's just hard what? to believe it. Um, Shaq in this commercial is like 20. His clothes that fit him? Well, yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's not that he's old. He's like a baby. How old is he? He's 20, 21. He was born in 72. Damn, yeah, and this yeah. was like in 90, 
93? Wait, is this on? Wait, what year is no, this? No, this was 2002. Oh, okay. I thought it was 93. Okay, so he's like 30 or something. Okay. Still, though, he could be 29 and something. I don't know. Shaq has always been like an old man to me, even when I was a kid, obviously. So, and also, I think because he's so large, I just think he's older. So then realizing like Shaq, when I see Shaq in some in some things and it's like, yeah, that was Shaq when he was 23. You're like, oh God, it's that. He was never 23. He was always ageless. He's like, oh, I'm a 23-year-old, 5,000-year-old genie. So the commercial is pretty neat. The commercial is cool. It is just John Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal walking in this really cool leather jacket and black clothes, black shirt, black pants, like the uh, like the two thousand uh, Samuel Jackson. It it almost looks Matrixy, but it's Shaft's clothing, like it's what Shaft wore. Well, I think he has to have a lot of his stuff tailored or big and tall. Cause... Yeah, okay, it's not what Shaft wore because Shaquille O'Neal is like a million feet tall. His shirts are like two feet long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, he's wearing Shaft's clothing. So uh, he's walking all cool. For some reason, he just pops into a a street basketball court where a bunch of guys are like playing basketball. Like, if Shaq appears, he's like, "Wow, it's cool." Anyway, here, have the ball. So Shaq's just being his cool self, and he's dribbling the basketball and just beats all these guys because he's Shaq. He beats all these guys in uh, comfortable um, basketball jerseys and shorts, and he's wearing like this hot freaking black and leather all over him. And he still <laughs> manages to beat them. Yeah, he's wearing like leather. He's wearing like um shoot like um like dress shoes. It's very yeah. So that must be. So I guess that just shows how really really good he is at basketball because you're wearing clown shoes and you still beat everybody. Um, <laughs> so then they're saying, who's the guy who's really cool and can dunk and be awesome? And then Shaq. Yeah, like a little Shaq uh, like logo yeah. appears, I guess. Every time it says Shaq. Shaq pack. Then he's just bumping a kid and opens his huge mouth to take a huge bite of the super cool sourdough. It's a weird looking burger. I don't like how it looks. You gotta get a load of this burger, people. It's not. Yeah. It looks weird. Like it looks like the burger's wearing a hat. It looks like if you cut the center of a burger and pulled it out. All right. It just doesn't look right. It 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 feels like Shaq shouldn't. Shaq wouldn't eat that burger. <laughs> when, I, when I look at it, it feels like Shaq would. Yeah, because he has to keep some level of health. He's not gonna eat this. No, I'm not even sour, talking but... about the food. I'm talking about like the burger doesn't look cool. The burger looks. <laughs> The burger looks bad. Like it looks like it looks like a loser burger. Yeah, because the sesame seed stuff look looks delicious. The sourdough. I guess that's why it needed the power of Shaq to uh, to push it forward. Also, also in the you know what it looks like? It looks like the bottom of a burger bun on the top and bottom of the burger, <laughs> like the flat top. Then he's hunching over with his kid. Trying to eat the sourdough bread, and then just again showing how cool he is at the basketball court. You need the shack pack, our friend Isaac Hayes tells us. Don't get some more, and then the kid's like, wow, he's so cool. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Look at my cool self. Then it just shows some more delicious cheese fries and sourdough bread, and describing how awesome it is. 
And then at the end, Shag's just like, hey, you gotta have the Shag pack. Takes one more bite of the disgusting sourdough, and there it is. I think what's weird about this commercial is, well, apart from the burger looking lit. <laughs> you really stuck on that. Is that the fries are being, these fries are being dipped into a weird sauce, which I assume is some kind of cheese sauce. Honey mustard. It's like not. It's it's unnatural. It's not common. It's not something that we've seen. It's not something we've seen before. It's just weird. It's just weird. It's like everything about this commercial is off. It's like you expect Shaft, but then you get Shack. Okay, fine. I can accept that. Why is Shack eating this loser burger? And then like, why are they dipping these fries in not ketchup? It looks like mayonnaise. It's not mayonnaise. It looks like cheese. It's like yellow. Like, why are you dipping? Like, you dip like chicken dippers in honey dump mustard. They had to update this, man. They couldn't have just constantly ketchup and stuff. Uh, they do all the time. I think they learn from their mistakes. Unless they specifically say, it did look cheese, so I can be, I'm kind of okay with it. But the fact that it's like unexplained, it doesn't even have like a text, like text underneath saying cheese fries. Crispy fries with free warm cheddar cheese dipping sauce. I don't know. You're a little bit, I feel like you're a little, not nitpicking, but uh, uh obsessing for you can tell it's going to be my worst commercial than this now i've i've given a good look and i don't i don't like it i think that's a bad burger and it was beneath shack literally and let's review as we go along so the first one's like no. okay. okay so what is this um central character in this commercial who is he i don't think i've ever heard of this man so this is this is about shack his name's shaquille o'neal and he's, if you've never heard of him, you've been living under a rock for a long time, I guess, because yeah. he's, he's considered one of the great basketball players of all time. And just so you're aware, he is seven foot one. Like, that's a monster. That's monster. <laughs> like, that's insane. I know that a lot of basketball players are tall, but like, have you seen him like hold a basketball? It's like a baseball. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's, I, I remember we went to like some. I forgot where we went, but when he was with the Orlando Magic, when when I was a kid, we went to somewhere and showed the basketball with his palm on it. Like they spray painted it blue or whatever. It was like almost over the whole thing. It's like what the heck? It's like covered ninety, like seventy five percent of a basketball. It must be so easy to gr- be able to like grab the ball rather than like. Kind of, kind of hold it. Like you're, you're gonna be good. You gotta have your talent, but being that tall really has to help, man. Well, okay, being that tall obviously has to help, but like, like having that hand mass probably helps too. <laughs> like, who was the small one from like the night, like Muggsy Bogues or something like that? He yeah, was like five, he was like five, five three. Five three. Yeah, he's five three. Well, anyway, Shaq was seven one, which. Which rocketed him towards stardom. Um, he had a he had a, a he played basketball in high school and then college, uh, and he started his NBA career with the Orlando Magic in the early nineties. So he, I think he was like six six in high school and six ten in college. How does that even work? Can you keep growing? Like that's that's unnatural. Maybe his mom just injected him with hormones in his cereal or something. I I think Shaq's probably just naturally that tall. It's just it's just it's just amazing that there are tall people. 
anyway. Yeah. Um, he won Rookie of the Year for the Orlando Magic in 1993 when he was with the Orlando Magic. And he stayed with the team from 92 to 96. And then he moved to the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. So he went from sunny Florida to sunny California. Los Angeles. Is, um, is Shaq, where is Shaq from? I actually didn't look at uh, I didn't look at this when I was when I was looking it up. Well, anyway, um, so with the Los Angeles Lakers, is it's you know obviously he did really well with the Orlando Magic and stuff, but also I think he kind of even further cemented his status when he's with the Lakers. So they won the, the three peat, winning the NBA Finals in two thousand, two thousand one, and two thousand and two. So it was a pretty like boom boom boom, which is pretty cool when you hear the words three peat being used. I think it's a fun word. But they didn't reach the finals in 2003, and they lost in 2004. So they had a really good run. And to be fair, they had a really good run the whole time, uh, for a long time, due in part to Shaq. I think that's where he would be, like, the most famous within his career, within the general public, too. Yeah, probably, because you can imagine him with that um, outfit. But the thing is, I still remember him with the Orlando Magic. Which I guess for us makes sense. Because well, cause we were kids like that and he kind of appealed to kids. Yeah. And I obviously remember him with the Lakers, but then I remember him from after as well. So like I know Shaq in all of his like major forms, but I suppose it's with the <laughs> Lakers, his major forms with his main one being incredibly tall. It's like boss forms. You beat him and then he becomes something else. Um, he grows an extra inch taller. <laughs> so, although, like, he, 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 during his career, he got into many fights um, in his career, in, like, some famous ones were with Dennis Rodman and Charles Oakley. Look at Rodman throw Shaquille around down there. Shaq, he's going to have to be careful. A pass is putting the ball in the hole. Oh, a hard foul by Oakley. Everyone was very even keeled, I guess. But one of his biggest fights, and it doesn't necessarily have to be punching, was his feud with his teammate, Kobe Bryant. You know, when people throw a paper ball into the thing and say, Kobe, that's the guy. (laughs) Anyway, they had conflicting personalities and accused each other of like when the team, like when management made decisions, it was being done to placate the other. So it'd be kind of those accusations of like, you did this because Shaq wanted it, you know, vice versa, that kind of thing. So I guess the reason why they didn't really get on was that Shaq thought that Kobe was like a showboat and he played selfishly and he kind of hurt their chances of winning when he kind of first was in. So in the early 90s, early, I'm sorry, mid to late 90s. Um, But Bryant said that Shaq was just jealous and too worried about money in the later season. So he didn't have the love of the game anymore. Based on Shaq's career after basketball, I think money does play a role in his life. (laughs) Um, He does do things for money. Um, Anyway, after the 2004 season, he went to the Heat, the Miami Heat, and he won his fourth and final NBA final in 2006. I remember when we were, I was going to say kids, but we weren't. I remember driving past um, the, like, whatever the arena is called now, the American Airlines arena, whatever the thing is called, it had like a big, huge poster, like like as big as this stupid arena. And it said like, Sha- it said something about Shaq and it just showed like Shaq sitting down at, like a, like on a throne, almost like a king. And I forgot what it said, but essentially it was well, that talking about like Shaq is, is home or Shaq is here or something. Just be like, whoa, that's pretty cool, I guess. And I guess they won 
the final. So it was, you know, good for everybody. Yeah. So he was the MVP actually in all of the three Pete wins. So the ones with the Lakers in the 2000s or the early 2000s, but um, he wasn't the MVP for the one with uh, the heat in 2006 that went to Dwayne Wade. So he retired after many, many years, specifically 19 years. Um, he retired in 2011. That's so many years to be playing basketball. But then again, you have like, how much money did you make yeah. in just basketball? I, I <laughs> nineteen. Wonder, I feel like at the beginning you don't make very much, but towards the end, if you're like a good guy, you probably make a lot more. Well, you got rookie of the year the first year, so it's like, how much are they gonna bump up your pay? Yeah, but like, I suspect you know you're in contracts and stuff, and then you don't have as much leverage as is the case, I guess, in a lot of things when you're starting off, you don't have as much leverage, so you kind of just accept what you can. But maybe he had a big ego too, because. Aside from Bryant in the Magic, I think he was in that feud with Petty Hardaway, right? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these like superstars have big egos. I think you have to have a big ego in order to be like a superstar. You don't yeah. have to, but like I'm not surprised in kind of like a competitive space, like any sport really. So anyway, so he did more than just basketball as evidenced by this BK commercial, <laughs> but it wasn't at, it didn't hit the heights of his, his basketball career. So he did sell out quite a bit. Uh, fun fact, the BK commercial, the burger that I think looks stupid, the sourdough bacon cheeseburger used Shrek as its spokesperson, but then it used Shaq. And I suppose the commonality is that they're big. Then I had that taste. The new grilled sourdough bacon cheeseburger at Burger King. Like, I'm not quite sure why you would. I guess it looked kind of big because look at when What's he opened his mouth to eat it. Like, I guess, but like, when I hear sourdough, I don't think, oh, large bread. Like, I'm not quite sure I see the connection here, but whatever. <laughs> I have a little beef with Burger King recently because I feel like Burger King is just not pulling. This is it. I feel like Burger King used to be on like top up against mcdonald's but like burger king just isn't putting up as much of a fight anymore it just feels like it's like shrugging its shoulder shoulder shoulders but like how i i just i feel like okay so i feel like mcdonald's rewards are better or mcdonald's is like visible i feel like okay you can't do as much when it comes to like your franchises i guess maybe you have to come up with like a better yeah deal to get more stores out there or whatever but i just feel like in many ways they're kind of lagging like their fries aren't great they never have been (laughs) i i think but um i just feel like okay i I don't feel like they have as many good options i don't know there's just something about burger king i feel like even with their like marketing or something they're just they're just not hitting those highs. Like, I feel like I would always put Burger King just behind McDonald's, but it's like not, it's kind of fallen in at least the way. I yeah. Their last it. It big like hit was probably uh, the subservient chicken. Oh yeah. And that was during the weirdo era of commercials and stuff. <laughs> We've moved. I remember how much you said, I hate that name. <laughs> well, anyway, that's, that's the story on the burger. I might be some burger cake. Let's go back to Shaq, who also is Shaft. Also, fun fact about this commercial, the person who did the song and said Shaq was Isaac Hayes, the guy who originally sang the Shaft song. So Shaft, oh, dang it. So <laughs> Isaac Hayes seems to have a relationship with Burger King, too. Uh, anyway, a fact to Shaq. Okay, apart from being in like Burger King commercials and stuff, he also had a rap career, an infamous rap career. 
he released an album called Shaq Diesel, which actually, I don't think it was well received, like it was middlingly received, but it hit like number 25 in the album, the album did on, you know, the Billboard charts, which is pretty... More than likely on his popularity. Yeah, that I mean, like I would listen to it out of curiosity and you couldn't just like stream it or something, like you had to go into a CD shop. Oh no, cassettes. This probably came out during cassettes. A lot of people did that. Oh stuff. yeah, everybody released something. I feel like there was always there's always a joke about people always trying music. I feel like it's only in recent history where if you're not great, you actually can make money off of it. Only a few people did okay, like Shaq with this one album. His nickname is like Diesel or something. Uh, the Diesel, I think he has various nicknames mm-hmm. outside of Shaq. He also rec- he also released. Uh, his other album, his second album, his sophomore hit, and he got the sophomore slump, which was called Shaq Fu, and it did not do very well at all. We're not going to play any of that music for you. You'll just have to find it yourself. So he he seems to be big into music because he still makes music, and, and he makes electronic music under the name DJ Diesel. I looked it up, and it's got like an, he's got like an Instagram under DJ Diesel and everything. It's bizarre but i guess you know you gotta you gotta keep your hobbies up or something and little little note he also did a song with like aaron carter when aaron carter was like a, like a baby pop star so uh, Shaq likes music too i guess is the is the lesson we've learned out of this remember that like he has like a dream where he beats Shaq. oh and god then, what was it how i how i something the music video has him just dunking on how Shaq or something like that how it? i beat Shaq. How I be- is that it yeah um, i'm pretty sure that's what's going but it was just a terrible stupid it was thing. a bad song it was bad for everyone but nothing compares to the pain of my 2001 loss to teenage heartthrob aaron carter i remember Whenever we changed it to AM and it hit the Radio Disney on search, it was playing this stupid song. Yeah. Radio Disney. I feel like there's space for something like Radio Disney again. Anyway. So even like into his later age, he was still trying to appeal to kids. That's where it's bankable. Well, I think it's kind of like, like, okay, let's go with like The Rock. Like, I mean, The Rock isn't, it's always appealing to younger people. Like, I feel like a lot of sports stars and stuff, they can go down that route of appealing to younger people because a lot of young kids approach them. It's like, sign my basketball. I felt like with Shaq, it felt more concerted to that. Yeah. Because the other one I could think of was Michael Jordan, and he just did everything. He did do everything. No, no. Shaq has done gold bond. There's no tiny kid who's like, I need to put on my gold bond powder. That's for old people. I'm saying. Okay, for back back then. then, But he was in his like 20s. A lot of people kind of. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he tried to appeal to kids. That's personally why I liked him better than Michael Jordan because those are the two I think would, I think of basketball players in commercials and stuff. Not Dennis Rodman. So, yeah. I don't remember any of my commercial, and I don't think I'd buy his stuff because he's scary of me. <laughs> well, it's because Dennis Rodman was in like not not targeted to children. It's probably because he had a better a better space to like make money with like kids stuff, I guess. <laughs> Dennis Rodman action star. Remember that era? No. With Dane Cook and everything. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. And I refused to did you block it entertain this idea any further. <laughs> All right. So Shaq had a movie career. 
to go along with his basketball career, to go alongside his music career. (laughs) He was known for big flops like Steel and Kazam. So this is what you mean when you talk about him targeting, being targeted to kids, right? Yeah, like specifically to kids, not just like, hey, uh, here's something that kids might like. So It's like, this is for kids. A question about Steel. Is that actually like a comic book? Yeah, it's it has like a distinction within black comic book heroes in the movies and stuff. It was pre-Blade. Was it was it made for the movie or is it pre like a character? No, it was a established somewhat established character cuz in 1992 it was the death of Superman. He died and in his void other supermen came to the forefront. One of them was this guy called John Henry Irons and did the folklore thing and got a big hammer and started beating up villains. Hmm. So uh, then that was in like in 92 and this was like in 97 or six. And then they just showed that character. Out. I was like, here, Shaq, here's a vehicle for you. <laughs> Shaq, you'll fit into this. And Steel also featured a familiar face from Shaft. Richard Roundtree plays his junkyard inventor, Uncle Joe. Oh, wow. Richard Roundtree is just in everything, isn't he? He makes a very, very unfortunate joke, (laughs) which I will put in here. I did the metal work. I especially like the shaft. All right. So the other film of note was Kazam, where he played a genie out of a boombox. What did he say? He was in a lamp in Arabia or something, but then somehow he got trapped in that boombox? I don't know. I never watched that. That one gets confused with another film. Isn't there like a Mandela effect with Kazam or something like that? What was it? Uh, Sinbad? Shazam or something? Oh, that's yeah, that it's Sinbad and not Shaq. I never fell for that Mandela effect because I very clearly remember it being Shaq. Who was the better actor? Sinbad? Michael Jordan or Shaq? Oh, Shaq. Shaq. Because he at least tried. Yeah, he tried. Even though it was terrible. But it's like, hey, kid, you can't disrupt my sleep. I am a genie. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah, no, but he he still had something more. Like, Michael Jordan was kind of dead-eyed. Like, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shaq looks like he's trying or at least kind of having a little bit of fun. Like, Michael Jordan, he's like... Hold on, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, hold on, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, because he got to rap his awesome... Did he rap in that? Did he rap in... Uh, yeah, films? he raps in uh, uh, Kazam, uh, oh the God. famous, super famous song, We Genie. I feel like I have so much more respect for Shaq. <laughs> oh, God. This is good stuff. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I haven't gone through everything that Shaq has done. There's still more to be there's still more selling out (laughs) more to be documented in this so he had an album a musical rap album called Shaq Fu but he also had a game called Shaq Fu which possibly got even lower ratings than Shaq Fu the music album it's considered one of the worst video games of all time up there with my favorite Superman 64 probably because Shaq coded the game I'm just uh, in it. Shaq is playing basketball or something. Then he he sees like an ancient Chinese Secret. thing, and then he goes there. He falls into a portal to another world and has to save it by punching people. That's I was like what? Funny. I kind of feel like you 
it's like how could you have ruined Shaq Fu? Like the concept is very simple and dumb, but like you could probably well the controls and everything. It's probably it's probably like the ET Atari game or something like that. It's like let's just make something crap. Yeah, the concept is great, but I bought the game secondhand like in the early two thousands, and it was the hit detection is not the there, so you just trying to punch your face because that's the only time you feel a hit. Oh well, that's a shame. Okay. So the mechanics were bad, but the storyline was good. Yeah. And beyond that, he's also a very famous spokesperson for things like Burger King, as we said, or Gold Bond foot powder, or some sort of ink toner, or the general. So the general can assure almost any car and any driver? We sure can. He's kind of like not nearly. I think he was like, you know how Snoop Dogg touts everything? Yeah. I feel like Shaq was like the king of that before Snoop Dogg just went insane and just started like brand promoting every possible product out there. I know, but it just feels like more shameless with Shaq for some reason. Yeah, I feel like we've just... It's like here, his agent's like, hey, you want to do a Icy Hot and foot powder? Icy and Hot. I, I, go with the general? I think um, it's... What franchises does Shaquille O'Neal own? I don't know what year this is from. Because some of the franchises Shaquille O'Neal owns includes Papa John's, Auntie Annie's, Five Guys, 24-Hour Fitness Centers, Car Washes, and Krispy Kreme. He has other business ventures outside of franchising, such as Lyft and JCPenney. After a certain point, you just you just invest in your money and just having it roll in. He's, his portfolio is insane. Like, he's not... He just doesn't even focus on one thing. He's like taking the like scattershot approach and go, I'm just. It's like some people want to be like a renaissance man. And then he's just like, yeah, okay, JCPenney, shoes, uh, insurance, ink toner for some strange reason. <laughs> it's too I strange. I have no idea. Um, so that's the story yeah. of Shaq. I was so close to saying Shaq. But how did they even get in contact? Here, agent, I want Shaq to shill for my shorts or something. Does he have like a standard? It's like, oh no, I'm sorry. Or it's just like, yeah, fine, you're worthy. No, he doesn't have. He clearly doesn't have a standard. Like these shorts to the beach in basketball. I'll be honest, okay. I don't know yeah. much about this kind of space. But my assumption is, it's like they talk to their clients about here are the particular brand partnerships we can do, and then they select the ones that work or the ones that they want to do after it's been like vetted by the agent. Hey, maybe we can get them. So he's just investing and raking in money from absolutely everywhere. I mean, if I was Shaq, I'd do that. If I if I had any money of any kind, I would invest in Shaq. <laughs> I have a South African diamond mine. They are the best. All right, I think that's a this is this is enough about Shaq. <laughs> this is enough about Shaq. We need to go back to Burger King and Shaft. All right, we've been completely hijacked by Shaq. Hi, Shaq. All right, so let's move on to the last. And let's move on to the with okay. the shack food. Let's move on to the last commercial. So with that brilliant segue, we go to the last commercial. If you want to watch it, surprise, surprise, it's a Shaft Burger King related commercial. So <laughs> just gonna put that out there. It is called Burger King. Dig it on YouTube if you want to watch it. And here we go. Is a man with brand new fries for his brother man. Mr. Tay. Can you dig it? 
Who's a cat at Burger King? Tasty fries are his new thing. Right on. Get hip to the new incredibly delicious Burger King fries. Hot and crispy, baby. They beat McDonald's fries in a nationwide taste test. I'm talking about Mr. Potato here. We can dig it. I have to say, this is possibly like the wildest like episode we've done. This is so bizarre. His face at me like, hey, hey, yeah. Like we've dealt with like bizarre, like even you know the weird commercials episode with like the Skittles guy and stuff. Something about this is just so weirdly mundane and in in a way and so strange that Burger King kept going back to Shaft in various forms. It's not like they kept showing Shaft, showing Shaft, showing Shaft. They're just like we're incorporating Shaft into this commercial. We're incorporating Shaq meets Shaft. We're incorporating Shaft, but with Mr. Potato Head. And we're trying to sell fries. It's so weird. It's genuinely weird. Um, okay, so. This is actually the second chronologically. It's around 1997, 98 that this commercial came out. Because that's when they had the infamous fry wars. Oh, right. Okay. So we'll get into that. But first... But first, the yeah. commercial. So if you haven't seen the commercial uh-huh. itself, it's a very simple commercial. It just starts off with a shot of Isaac Hayes um, playing the piano and singing. So he's just singing in a cool room, what looks to be the penthouse in New York City. <laughs> it looks like they ripped off uh, Mac the Night. Yeah, it does look like or a Mac. Mac Tonight or whatever his name Mac is. Mac Tonight's kind of backdrop. Well, anyway, it's just it's pretty much just a commercial with varying shots of... Isaac Hayes, or varying angles of Isaac Hayes, playing the piano, singing some bastardized version of Shaft, but incorporating Mr. Potato Head. And Mr. Potato Head is dancing on the piano. A CGI Mr. Potato Head. Twirling and all that. Oh my god. When did this come out? Like 97, 98. So this is just after um, Toy Story. This is post Toy Story. Yes, Toy Story was like 96, wasn't it? Okay, so Mr. Potato Head was probably on a super high at this stage. So I (laughs) kind of get the context of this now. Play school is just pimping him out. But it's still weird. Like, you can just do a commercial without Mr. Potato, like, without Isaac Hayes singing Shaft to Mr. Potato Head. This is, it's, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's, I'm starting to understand Burger King now. I don't know. The ratings are going to be weird. The ratings for this one are going to be weird. It's like, how do we assess know, this or that? You know, <laughs> anyway, the, commercial, okay. the whole commercial is just Isaac Hayes playing the piano, Mr. Potato Head dancing, and he's got some cool shades on in this very dark room. And then he's just singing like a version of it. And it shows us like some fries it shows us fries specifically because this is about a fry taste test, which I think you're going to explain in a minute. But um, yeah. one of the comments, or excuse me, one of the pieces of text underneath the fries, when the person says something like the best fries in America or something, it says based yeah. on a national taste test. So the commercial ends with Isaac Hayes and <laughs> Isaac Hayes and Mr. Potato Head kind of doing like a fist bump thing and then looking to camera. And then yeah. the logo the Burger King logo appears with kind of like a piano key at the bottom. And then the text says the taste that beat McDonald's fries. So this is very much, there's a lot of things going on in this ad. (laughs) There's too much going on in this ad. It's It's so simple. Yeah. There's a lot. (laughs) It's promoting the fry taste test. It's involving Isaac Hayes singing Shaft for some reason because Mr. Potato Head is cool, but Mr. Potato Head is a sex machine. All the chicks. 
is our fries who are the best fries because they beat McDonald's. It's a mess. This commercial's a mess. <laughs> Official mess. Take it no, away. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay, I guess I'll talk about it. Well, the commercial features Mr. Potato Head. It is, as we have said, about the fry wars, which sounds dumb and I hate it. Ooh, I kind of like it. I think it sounds cool. Hitting each other with fries. Fry war. Sounds like a Star Wars parody. Yeah, which sounds bad and I don't like it anymore. Yeah. On December 10th, 1997, Burger King launched its quote-unquote new and approved French fries. Yeah, quote-unquote is right. The quote-unquote new and approved meant that the fries were crispier and stayed heated longer. On January 2nd, 1998, they had Free Friday as a Friday, F-R-Y, instead of the Friday. I guess it was a Friday. I didn't check into that, but look at the calendar. Maybe January 2nd, 1998. It's Friday. I am not going to. Let's just let's all just pretend it was a Friday. I mean, that's a great day to have done it. So I'm pretty sure they would have coordinated for that. They did it to push the new fries to consumers directly, rather than, than like commercials and trade ads and stuff against their rivals, McDonald's, because McDonald's was number one, and they always touted their fries like the Golden Arches. They were always the best place for fries. Around 9 million small fries were given away. Hmm. Free Friday also pushed a new product from Burger King, the Big King Burger, which is Burger King's answer to the Big Mac, which didn't they already have the Whopper anyway? Yeah, I I don't understand. Okay, I'm really struggling with Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like Burger King's heyday period too. Like what's going on? Yeah, because according to the taste test, they expected to make money back from the free giveaway because you give away the thing. The retail price was usually like a dollar. So they lose up to $9 million to $13 million. Right. But since the small fries are cheap, a dollar, it's kind of like you get it for free anyway. So you're just like, okay, I get this for free. I'm not going to stay here just to get free tiny fries. I'm going to get a burger. I'm going to get a shake. Oh, I would. I would get t- free tiny fries and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and go to the water fountain in front of the the bathroom. Yeah, and I'll, that's I'll it. Eat this. I don't want anything else. It was cheap. People would buy other stuff. Maybe the Big King. And seeing how that failed, they probably didn't like it. It was a good thing too because the new formula was more expensive. So they just make it right back. McDonald's publicly brushed it off. They even used one ad using the song "The Pretender." With the BK fries in the background, they said McDonald's is better. Ooh. But they secretly took it seriously behind the scenes. They're like, yeah, we can't lose our top spot as the fry people. So, self-commissioned in a nationwide taste test by Burger King, 545 consumers in 18 markets took a blind taste test. 57% preferred the BK fries, which were the new formula. 37% mcdonald's and the rest they had no preference i don't know at what point would i lie okay, but- i i have to call on this like one 545 is actually pretty small i guess but fine whatever but like i bet you dollars to donuts that the bk fries were nice and hot and you know how mcdonald's fries taste when they're kind of cold yeah. They're kind of lukewarm. Like, they're still really good, in my opinion. I can eat a microwave fry. But, like, 
they lose some of their sparkle and luster. So my assumption is they gave people lukewarm fries. I think, well, maybe that's why. Scammed them. Maybe that's why. They stay warmer longer, so it tastes better. Oh, yeah. That's probably true. Mm. Personally, at this point, I really honestly did like these fries better than the McDonald's ones. Burger King. The Burger King ones. Yeah, I did. Literally. Oh, my God. We used to go there and I do like these better. But I remember you like McDonald's fries a lot. Mm. They left a film in my mouth and they still leave a film in my mouth. This (laughs) is coming from a person who kind of wants Burger King to win. (laughs) Like, I'm a person that's like, I'm secretly, but not so secretly, I guess, rooting for Burger King. I guess it's like your your greatest fans are your harshest critics or something. I don't... Okay. I don't know why you have this weird fealty to it, but I guess... Okay. In order to help this push for the new fries, they commissioned the help of one of our favorite toys ever, Mr. Potato Head. Is it one of our favorite toys? Like, do you mean just society? I just make collectively because he's a famous uh, potato. Mr. (laughs) Potato Head was created in 1949 by George Lerner. His idea was to put facial and body parts on actual vegetables because I guess he was kind of lazy. It's like, oh, look, I put glasses, my glasses on the... Uh, it's like putting googly eyes on a rock. Yeah. It feels lazy to me. But then again, who knows? But that time was during World War II. Rationing was happening and people saw this as wasteful. So a lot of the companies rejected his plastic arms sticking on zucchinis or whatever. He initially sold the idea for the body parts. <laughs> that sounds creepy. <laughs> to be sold inside a cereal boxes of a unknown small cereal company's cereal boxes. He sold it to them for 5000 but after getting a better deal from the Hassenfield Brothers. What's that company? Hasbro. Who owns every toyish thing now. Yeah. They liked the idea. They bought the rights back from the cereal company and they gave Lerner royalty fees. According to Hasbro, uh, Mr. Potato Head was the first toy advertised on television and specifically to children. So you could blame Mr. Potato Head to get kids for the nag factor. Child marketing laws. It's like, hey, I don't have money. Mom, this thing was really cool. Could you get it? Mom, buy me a potato. And then they just get you the arms and you stick it on a potato. Initially, it only sold the body parts. The vegetables were to be provided by the parents. But then they were like, that's (laughs) stupid. So they later sold the main body. Initially as felt, I believe, and then plastic. Okay. All right. Humble beginnings. The character has since become one of the most popular toys ever and... Is he an icon? I guess he's an icon of toys. Yeah, he's an absolute icon. In general. He's, he's like, he was talked about very recently. Yeah, and he's featured as one of the prominent characters in Toy Story. Yeah, I think Toy Story really helped like cement Mr. Potato Head as like, like a legitimate toy. Yeah, because everything else was like based off other stuff. Space toys, cowboy toys, dinosaur toys. Like He was a specific thing. Other than maybe the army men, which also existed. Yeah. He was like Mr. Potato Head. And he's been talked about recently with another stupid controversy. So who like cares? the Eminem controversy? Yeah. He oh. they they changed it to just put just potato head and then people were like, whatever. Let's not get into it. Mr. Potato Head appeared in various commercials. One of them was with this man, this singer man named Isaac Hayes. 
In it, he was playing the theme from Shaft. Hayes was a well-known and well-regarded musician at the time. For a long time. He was already kind of like up there at this commercial. Yeah. In the 1960s, he and Dave Porter wrote a string of hits for other musicians. One of the best and well-regarded was Soul Man for Sam and Dave. I'm a soul man. Isn't that in a commercial? No, that's Bart going, I'm a troll man. Okay. Probably a hundred different commercials. And I also remember it was the uh, the theme song for the Dan Aykroyd preacher yeah, show, Soul Man. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. I guess because it was a popular song in a thing. Yeah. So, instead of an oh, original single. I had so much junk in my brain. I shouldn't remember that. <laughs> And so we're dumping it on all of you. All right. In 1969, he released his second album, Hot Buttered Soul, to much acclaim. Cool. In 1971, he was asked to compose music for the movie Shaft. Theme from Shaft became a hit and was later released as a single. It's like about a bunch of minutes of instrumental. I know the single version has like two minutes of instrumental, and then oh my God. he starts talking about how cool Shaft is. Who's the black private dick who's a sex machine to all the chicks? Mr. Potato Head. No, Mr. Potato Head. That's why this also feels weird. But what was it? He says like three, there's only like nine lines or something. It says uh, he's a cool detective who's good with the ladies. He doesn't uh, give up. He won't cop out. No one understand him but his woman. And the most famous line was, they say that Cat Shaft is a bad mother, and before he finishes the sentence, his backup singing women say, shut your mouth. And then he says to excuse it, I'm talking about Shaft, since he's so cool, I could say it. And then they say, then we can dig it. Oh. (laughs) Giving him permission, because Shaft is so cool, you can curse. Ooh. The racy lyrics and uh, the almost saying the bad word uh, left uh, radio stations kind of like, eh, should we play this? <laughs> but that didn't matter to the Academy's, the Academy Awards, because it won the Academy Award for Best Original Song that's to a movie. So weird. That's which weird. is kind of nuts. I didn't know that. I feel like that's something I should know because it's such one, an iconic song and like. I feel like the song outlives the Oscar win because, like, yeah. typically it'd be like, oh, do you know this song won the Oscars? And you just be like, okay. But it's like, oh, the Shaft song, also it won an Oscar. Like, who cares about that? Play the Shaft song. <laughs> <laughs> they, that made Hayes the third black person that ever won an Oscar. Wow. What, like Sidney Poitier or something? Yeah, and- he won for, uh, as the best actor for. I forgot what it's called, In These Fields or something like that. Yeah. And Hattie McDaniel for uh, The Mate Throw On With The Wind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? That's insane. That's insane. Anyway, all right. That's a whole other thing, I guess. So it was Gone With The Wind, Sidney Poitier, and Isaac Hayes. But he's the first to get it for not acting. Yeah. Um, he continued to produce music. He unfortunately had to file for bankruptcy at some point. Ooh. And he also had a film career. Starred in the black exploitation film Truck Turner. Isaac Hayes, the magic name of music, winner of the Academy Award for his music in Shaft, and scoring again in this one. Truck Turner. Where he's like a cool 
detective guy. I saw that movie, and the only thing that sticks in my mind, because it's a little traumatic, the bad guys try to get a truck, and when he goes to the apartment with his uh, this lady, I think it was his girlfriend or someone he had to protect, they hung his cat. Oh, God. I was not expecting that statement to come out of your mouth. He was like, show this graphic picture of this like hat, cat thing is hanging from a freaking... Uh, That's rude. Uh, a light fixture or something. It was creepy. I didn't need to know that. I'm never watching that. And he wrote, he wrote the music for Truck Turner. And he was also the main villain in Escape from New York. He was hey. the Duke. The Duke of New York, A number one. I can't hear you. You are the Duke of New York. You're A number one. And another one of his most famous roles is, and long-running roles, is voicing the chef in South Park. Chocolate, salty balls, the whole... And that salty balls uh, song. Suck on my chocolate, salty balls. I kind of liked how his characterization, he was, like, not super good-looking, but he was still, like, a ladies' man, even though they did it in a perverse way because it's South Park. But he... Unfortunately, had a falling out with them, and after the Scientology episode... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that whole buzz. Around the same time, he had a stroke, and his son later on said it was his Scientology handlers who probably told him to quit, but he didn't have as much money after he lost uh, the job with South Park. Mm. So his life just kept going down and down, and he had, like, a terrible... uh, interview with the adam carolla show where he was just like forgetting everything so he was just spiraling down he finally passed away in 2008 leaving behind a successful legacy and a lot of accolades people were like yep he was a good guy yeah yeah there you go so it's good that he kind of had a, so a nice at least he got something storied career more than me i i can't say i got an academy award i i it's upsetting all right yeah you're, you're i think at this stage you can kind of Count that as not going to happen. Oh, who like, knows? What, what, wasn't like the oldest, like 80 or something? Yeah, but like... I still have dreams, dang it. Don't not kill them. <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> yeah, true, uh, we, we've, we've done a fairly exhaustive thing here. Um, let us just jump straight into the ratings system. Okay, of the three, we have the kind of like clip shaft Burger King, we have the shack shaft Burger King, and we have the Mr. Potato Head Isaac Hayes shaft Burger King. Which is the worst one? (laughs) I'm having trouble because they all have like a, a downside that I don't like. I'm going to say, can I say why I think the downsides are? Yeah. And then see how I can assess it, and maybe you can yeah, say yeah, yours, right. too. Because the BKTV, it's lazy clips. It's like, hey, Marty McFly is like, hey, how you doing? It's like, okay. It's so dumb. And then uh, it's just, and that two ninety nine looks pasted. Yeah, yeah. So that's the weakness for that one. Shaq, because it's just, dumb and then isaac hayes making these bad uh like try to fit it in the same thing with the potato head but who's more lovable shaquille O'Neal or potato head 
Wow, that's a good question. I think probably Mr. Potato Head, because I'm pretty sure Shaquille O'Neal got into fights. <laughs> is likely hated by people. Yeah, he got into fight, and he's likely hated by like rivals of the Lakers and the Heat and the Magic. So I I so. can't tell which I think is worst. I'm gonna go with BKTV, the clips, because it is super lazy to me. It's just like, okay. oh, hey. Okay, why don't you list 99? your three? Because I feel like you've you've kind of gone through. Because I'm still assessing it. I'm going with number three is BKTV shaft clips. And for me, contextually, I don't understand how 1971 movie is playing in 1993 just to so have it there. I'm, this is going to be probably like the most subject, so subjective of mine because like – it's really hard to like rate these. This sounds so stupid. It's so hard to rate these. But I'm gonna put Shaquille O'Neal as least as my least favorite. Mm-hmm. I like it, but like, yeah, it gives me nothing. It doesn't give me much, I guess. I also I really hate yeah. that burger, and I think that's actually what makes it go down a step. The uh, the fact that the burger blows so much. <sighs> so like. I think that's what's put the nail in the coffin for that one, which makes for me the second, the second one for me is actually the shaft one. Now this was a hard decision between the first and second one. And the reason why I put the second, this one is second in my estimation is because I still feel like the shaft coolness oozes through, even though yeah. it's clips, I feel like it does a good job of making it feel like it's kind of cool. So he's barking I like at you. that aspect, but you're it's right. Like we're doing it my way, dang it. It does feel really lazy, but I like, I do like, like actually a shaft that carries it through. Now the product itself is fine. And it does showcase the products correctly because it's showing like $2.99 yeah. for this burger, $2.99 for this one. Professional. So like it does a good job overall. So and that typically would make it number one for me, but I'll tell you why after you tell me your number two. Um, Okay, for me, some positive for Mr. Potato Head is that it has the original creator of the song and, uh, and the Potato Head because it's a, a thing that everybody likes. And for some reason, it f- makes that feel more entwined with the theme of Shaft because the actual singer's there. Shaquille O'Neal feels too much like it's Shaquille O'Neal, but I feel it's a bit more of trying to say what he's trying to say. Shaq is cool, has this cool song, <laughs> basketball, and he eats the sourdough bread. I'm Look, gonna, you don't have to defend. I might, or... switch, I might switch it like at the end, but I feel like Potato Head is second because Shaquille O'Neal is at least eating this giant burger and it's telling us how much that is good. Well, the Potato Head... I do like how it has the original guy, has the theme and everything, but it feels like it's bragging at uh, McDonald's, which puts it a little bit down for me. So, okay. So I'd say Shaquille O'Neal is number one and the Potato Head is number two. Wow, we're like completely off on our estimations here. So despite my like lambasting of the Potato Head one, that one's number one for me. And this is what I meant by being purely subjective. It's because it's so confusing and so disjointed, and I don't know what's happening, that it I, I I enjoy it. 
I enjoy it. And it's not like it's weird to be weird. It's just like, what's happening? Why you called it a mess. Things? It's a mess. And yeah, I this... think that's funny. <laughs> I, I, derive, I derive enjoyment from it for that reason. This is why I was saying like the Shaft one, the, the original Shaft one, I think would be number one, just based on, I suppose, merit. Because it has, yeah. you know, it's being cool. The announcer's kind of joking around with the clips. It's showing you the product. It's doing everything mm-hmm. pretty well. But the bonkers nature of the last one, of the potato head, is all kind of like makes me go, "This is stupid." I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that one up top. It fails on every count. It fails on product. <laughs> it fails on having a cohesive theme. Well, I mean, it has a theme. It's actually, uh, lowest for me because uh, the BKC intro is annoying to me. Yeah. Um, oh, no, so, but um, I, I guess Shaquille O'Neal. It can it puts Shaquille O'Neal, who's lovable and cool and everything. It has the cool Shaft song with the original guy singing it. It shows the product, even though it looks ugly. You eat it. You're you're feeling good. And the Shaq pack because he's big. You get big juicy meal in him. So I'd say that's why I put it at number one. But the whole through line, how Burger King you Shaft. At least three I times. Feel yeah, you shaft three times. That's very bizarre in itself, and I feel like they did a disservice to Shaft in in some of these. But it's not like something like Mickey Mouse, which is like universal Shaft of all things. I think it's I think it's kind of they were going for an older audience compared to except the Mr. Potato Head. I don't know is the answer. No, Shaq and Mr. Potato Head appeal to kids. The Shaq commercial looks a little bit older. But I guess the potato head would be because it's super nostalgic to everybody. And then one of them was to Gen X nostalgia. I don't know. That this is Well, like, okay, as a brand, you're not supposed to, okay, you should appeal. You should have a brand identity. But you can have, like, multiple like, primary, secondary audiences and stuff. So they can appeal to different ones. Yeah, great, but this whole episode breaks my brain. But it's, it's weird. I feel like one day, if we're ever in like a big enough space, we need to talk to one of these ad people and be like, please explain this. I don't understand what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the last question, I think, right, is of the ads, what would you buy? Probably. Would you buy the fries? Would you buy the sourdough thing? Or would you buy one of the products in the Shaft commercial? Based on the ads, I'd go with probably the sourdough because that's stupid (laughs) you've answered this wrong (laughs) because i guess it's just because he's eating it he's eating it and this kid is enjoying it no wrong (laughs) okay so what about you cool shaft tell you eat cool food you get it i it's a shaft i think the shaft commercial because it's showing how cheap it is and like i'm getting good value and a lot of the products on display look good so I feel like that, I think it did it well. Okay, super lightning round question. Uh, Burger King Isaac Hayes or Hardy's Eddie Money? Take me home tonight. <laughs> oh, probably yeah. Isaac Hayes because I like Isaac Hayes' voice and Shaft is a good song and I don't like Take Me Home Tonight. No, I was just looking and I ran into that. I was like, why did Eddie Money do Hardy's? <laughs> uh, well, anyway. These are, these are the things. These are the questions that we'll never get answers to. Give me something. Give me something that I can understand. Not not this. I want to end on a non-broken brain. Burger King is good. There we go. There we go. 
Yeah, you like their fries, apparently. Um, <laughs> Is that the wrong answer as well? Go Burger King. Okay. All right. Um, all right, so that is our episode. We appreciate you joining us on this journey of Burger King meets Shaft or the other way around. We got the Shaft in Broken Brain. It's very, it was, it was a weirder, it was a weirder episode than I thought it would it be. It doesn't seem like it would be, but it was. It doesn't seem like it would be, but it was very weird. It, um, it seems like the 2000s crazy commercials would. But yeah. this seemed weird. But it's because they're trying. This is just naturally weird. This is just like all of this, <laughs> when it's put together, makes a very strange story. It's our strangest episode. Yeah, just like weird. Burger. I wonder what you're going to title it. Strange Draft? All right. Okay. So we thank you for listening. If you like us, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Retro Ad Review, on Spotify and all the other networks that you listen to. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook because we post and we respond to people there. So if you have a suggestion, we'll watch it and talk about it. We'll steal them and then do it. We'll steal your idea and not credit you. So that's it. So thanks, everybody. Until the next series of commercials, hopefully they'll be a bit more mentally balanced. Bye. (laughs) All right. See you guys later. Bye. in my way.